Hello and welcome to the Crossroads EMEA podcast. My name's Rory Gallivan and I'm a mergers and acquisitions reporter for information covering the UK and Scandinavia. Today we're going to be discussing the future of altnets in the UK. Altnets is an industry term for new telecom companies that are challenging the incumbent operators, which are BT Openreach and Virgin Media, in the rollout of fibre and wireless networks in the UK. My guests today are James Haraway, who is a Managing Director at InfraCapital, and Peter Bachman, who is a Managing Director at Gresham House. InfraCapital and Gresham House have several investments in UK altnets, and James and Peter have been closely involved in these. So before we start talking about the future of the sector, I thought I would start by asking the guests to tell us about how they came to invest in altnets and what their main investment criteria were as they looked for companies to back. So starting chronologically with InfraCapital, James, could you give us a brief introduction into when InfraCapital started investing in the sector and how things have developed since then? We made our first Altnet investment in 2014 when we acquired the leading rural Altnet GigaClear. We came to the sector from a background of investing in core infrastructure assets. For example, we held investments in two water companies, which are natural monopolies by virtue of the prohibitively high cost to replicate. We saw some similar characteristics in fibre networks, particularly in rural areas. At its most simple, we saw a demand supply imbalance in the UK. On the demand side, consumers were needing increasingly fast broadband connections to work from home, stream, game. And businesses needed faster and more reliable connectivity to support the move of the storage of data and applications into the cloud. On the supply side, the existing telecoms infrastructure owners were not investing in fibre, creating the alt-net opportunity. We've continued to support GigaClear as it's grown, making a series of further investments since the initial 2014 investment. And we've acquired four further altnets in the UK, three fibre to the home businesses, focus on being the leading altnet in their respective geographies. We also acquired 50% of what was SSE Telecoms, now rebranded Neos Networks alongside SSE. This is a large altnet focused on wholesale and business customers, which we're attracted to because of its significant nationwide fibre network. You asked about our main investment criteria. It's fair to say those have evolved over, evolved over time, but a key criteria is geography, and we've invested in businesses which we, which we which have an existing presence in their respective regions with a real potential to be the leading alt-net in that region. These aren't the kind of investments where you sit back and wait for the wind to blow or the, or the sun to shine. They're hands-on and operational, particularly on delivery of build, and as such, the capability of management teams is critical, and we've looked for teams that have shown that they can do it. And then finally, paying customers. Okay, that's obviously quite an important criteria. Does does that mean you, if you're buying a fibre network, you're not just interested in how many homes it's passed, but how many people are actually signing up to the uh, network? Exactly right. Of course, the, the homes passed metric um, shows you what the potential number of maximum customers is. And the point is that if you've built your network past a home, if you can sign that customer up, um, then, then, then you can secure their, their revenue. But until you sign that customer up, you've, you've got no revenue. So it's really important to look at the number of homes connected 
to uh, to a network, i.e., paying customers. Just very quickly, you mentioned GigaClear and then four further fiber investments. Could you just briefly talk us through them in terms of which geographies they're in? Yeah, of course. As I said, three of them are fiber to the home businesses, um, and they're focused on becoming the leading alt-nets in their respective regions. So Fibrous is in Northern Ireland. Spectrum, which has recently been rebranded as Oggy in South Wales, and White Fibre, which is on the Isle of Wight. Peter, is take-up a very important consideration for Gresham House as well? It, it, it absolutely is. Uh, and just to use an analogy, back in the day, in the solar and, and renewable sector, we used to talk about a phenomenon of braggawatts. Uh, where people would big up the amount of pipeline they had. And, and we're starting to see, or we were seeing a similar syndrome in the alt-net space where we used to talk about a focus on Hail Mary homes where you know, we have seen in, and we have very good authority that we there are some regional alt-nets out there. For example, one of them had 38,000 premises passed, but only 198 paying customers. For us, we take it a completely different way. Customers connected is absolutely key. Uh, our simple logic is there's not really much point in having a network unless someone's using it. So we completely buy the argument that continual growth of household data demand will eventually push everyone onto a gigabit network. We really do focus, prefer a focus on real customers. And furthermore, just to extend that, in a lot of the areas that we're focused on with our alt-nets, which are into the rural areas, which are really the hard-to-reach areas that typically are very badly served by the incumbent networks, they also typically bring with them a voucher um, with them. And, and to actually claim the voucher, you ultimately need to get that customer signed up. So this whole concept of how Mary homes of the past, we think will quieten down and, and really except for commercial build markets, take up really is key. All right. Gresham House, I think, is a more in a more recent investor in the sector. And I wondered if you could just talk us through how you started looking at it and uh, how things have evolved since then. So look, I, I'll probably go just a little step earlier than that. So I'd been looking at the sector since about 2016. And I think like like James had seen that this is very much the next utility, fourth utility, you might call it, in people's homes and businesses. And at the time in that in my previous shop, I'd spent a lot of time working with a couple of quite nascent venture stage altnets. Uh, and unfortunately, I couldn't get the IC of my previous um, firm to proceed with them because they were looking at other VC opportunities and probably saw higher returns. But yeah, I, I did watch on with immense frustration as all of these altnets have actually gone on to become household names with matching valuations. So when I joined Gresham House, I made the alt-nets and, and what I call a digital inclusion thematic, a, a priority sector for us. And, and for us, really, our, our sustainability fund, the British Sustainable Infrastructure Fund, is focusing on what we call data connectivity as being a really key plank to any holistic sustainability strategy. And that's really why we call it digital inclusion, because really, without good broadband, we, we couldn't be doing something like this today. We can't do any of the other remote health, remote learning. And and more particularly, we can't do some of the more important things around resource efficiency, for example, in advanced farming techniques. So we really think digital inclusion is at the centre of everything. We also think that over the last few years, and certainly um, since the time that James has been talking about, you know, we've seen the market mature. Uh, we've seen that the market's become a lot more investable, particularly 
with the maturing of the whole construction and delivery side of the market where we've now seen the cost of connections coming down to a point where a lot of places that perhaps weren't previously within reach now become affordable. And that that also is a, a key um, factor that has helped us drive towards this market. But overarching all of that, uh, in, a, in our view, gigabit broadband really is a once in a generation opportunity in, in that it, it is the final solution for any country that it, it gets rolled out. And it is infinitely upgradable. So you know, as, a, as a business area, we think this is a hugely important and a very attractive long-term investment. As to what we're actually looking for, like James, I guess, geography is key. Uh, we've typically looked for areas that were relatively underserved by the incumbents. And by underserved, I meant typically looking for places that were probably connected through ADSL or quite long run fiber to the cabinet type connections, which typically translate to sub 20 and even sometimes sub 10 and even sub five megabits per second. So really not up to scratch to what people want. And our view was that if you could get into the right places, you could create quasi monopolistic type networks and, and ultimately offer a much better value proposition um, to our customers than, than what they could otherwise get. We also think that there is this copper switch off opportunity over the next decade, uh, and that will obviously then make regional selection and, and the incumbent network really important. So that's something we look at. But broadly, if we're into a rural network, and we've particularly if we've been funded by vouchers, we think that that does put you in a very good position with respect to any other future risks around overbuild. And then beyond that, not, not dissimilar to what James talked about. For us, yeah, the next really key things after selection of location is that the company that you're gonna be investing in has a, an appropriate scale of initial network, a strong delivery base from which they could work from, and then ultimately great teams. Yeah, as um, anyone will know in the space, it's really down to the people and, and you need really high quality teams. And once we've found those things, great region, good initial base and great teams, we then look to scale those up. Uh, so in terms of the investments that we've made, Rory, uh, we've backed Wildernet, which is um, focused on the really hard to reach parts of Cornwall uh, and the Southwest. Uh, Borderlink, which is um, focused on the equally hard to reach parts of the Scottish borders. And most recently, we backed a business called Telcom, which is focused more on the B2B and the MDU office block sectors with what they consider to be a full stack offering. And our, and our medium term goal is to bring all of these businesses under a, a Gresham House Internet Group structure to create a near national network. Okay, thank you very much both for those introductions. I'd like to turn to the future now, which is the subject of this podcast. So I think currently about 20% of homes in the UK have been passed by full fibre networks. So that obviously leaves quite a lot of room for more investment as this figure rises. But at the same time, although there are probably more than 100 alt-nets, I think a lot of them have already attracted investment from infrastructure funds and other investors. So I wondered if you thought whether there are still a lot of opportunities for you and other infrastructure investors to invest in young alt-nets that have not attracted major investment already, or are we perhaps more likely to see follow-on investments in companies that are already backed by infrastructure funds? I'll hand that one over to you, James, if that's okay. No, so um, from InfraCapital's perspective, our primary focus is to continue to support and grow our existing platforms to achieve their goals. 
It's not to say we won't look for further investments, but across our five assets, we've got some great management teams and some great platforms, and we're going to continue to support them to achieve their goals. On the wider market, there's been a great wave of investment in UK altnets, with the aggregate amount of announced plans significantly exceeding the number of households in the UK. And we note that the incumbent telcos that you previously mentioned, Rory, have now very much woken up. BT Openreach are now upgrading their network to fibre at pace, and the combined Virgin Media O2 has announced that they will upgrade their entire cable network to fibre and potentially seek a partner um, to build um, to build more network. So over the next few years, it feels like the significant majority of premises in the UK will have a fibre connection without any more alternative network providers being founded. In terms of the opportunities for us, we, we think we'll soon see winners and losers amongst the altnets, with one of the key success, success factors being the ability to build network and then to penetrate network, that is to actually get customers onto it. And some altnets won't succeed in that and, and others may not achieve necessary scale. And, and so it's, it, it's some consolidation that we think will be the next wave of um, transactions. Very interesting. Can I just follow up on that? So in terms of the losers, it might be a company who starts building a network and passes quite a few homes, but then runs out of money or something. So would they end up getting taken over by competitors or being sold in a fire sale or something like that? I think if a business ran out of money, um, then yes, it would likely be taken over by a bigger competitor. I'll maybe just pass the question over to Peter as well. Yeah, sure. So look, we're a UK-focused platform, so I'll, I'll, I'll focus on that. And obviously, if we want to delve into some other geographies, we can afterwards. But as you mentioned, Rory, there are around 100 altnets. Um, our view is that probably most of the credible altnets have probably already secured funding by now. And the ones that are left are quite marginal and and very regionally specific and, and therefore relatively small. And it's probably questionable as to whether they hold any further appeal. Although that being said, you know, we saw uh, a relatively small business taken over by one of our altnet peers this week. So there is probably still some small transactions to be had. But particularly with most of the regional players focused on the Project Gigabit or F20 program run by BDUK, none of those altnets can really bid into them without a, a proper financial backer. So anything that's left without a backer right now, I think it, it will struggle to, to prosper over the next few years. So I think probably most of the existing altnets have probably got their money and I think most of the, the bets have been placed, call it that. I think probably the next major opportunity for investment is is when that winner or loser type um, scenario is sorted out. And I think once the Project Gigabit winners are announced, you will start to see potentially some further opportunities for funding. Uh, so at that point, you'll see quite a lot of these altnets, particularly if they're winning type B type lots, then you will get, um, I think, quite attractive opportunities to deploy further capital into the space. And then really once that's all done, I think the next interesting opportunity is um, probably once all of the Project Gigabit lots have been done, which is probably around 20, 2025, where at that stage I could imagine there to be quite a large consolidation wave to, to come to the market where there's probably going to be a lot of people looking to try to either hoover up the regionally specific networks where you might get someone like your BT Openreach, Virgin, City Fibre, those types of large 
wholesale owners looking to aggregate, or you might look to see a number of the alternates looking to join up to create a, a genuine national alternative network to some of the, um, uh, the, the BT open reaches of the world. As for the crowded point, I think probably the, the more crowded point actually is, is some of the, the nuts and bolts of the business and that there is probably quite a, a demand and I think there's probably an undersupply now of labor in the, in the, short, in the market, which is obviously going to curtail everyone's growth plans. And then also even down to active equipment in the, the lasers, the OLTs, given the global chip shortages. So yeah, I think there are also some other things that will naturally constrain the opportunities for investment. But our overall view is that this market still remains very attractive. And, and we think that some of the valuations that you've seen on, on transactions in the space demonstrate that there is a lot of interest in this sector. And, and ultimately, this is creating the next fourth utility in the market. So you know, we think that this will remain a very attractive space and will only become more attractive as people are able to support businesses that are probably further down that uh, J-curve, call it that, in, in trying to attract new customers to their networks. Okay, so you both mentioned consolidation, and it's something I've kind of been looking out for as a reporter, but it seems a bit thin on the ground, a few small deals here and there. Do you think it will take maybe a few years before we start seeing, for example, a, a major regional player being taken over by, a, by one that's trying to be a countrywide player? Yeah, sure. Look, thanks. Uh, I think that it will probably be a little bit longer before people start rolling assets up because at this stage, I don't think anyone's really, in, in terms of the alt-net space outside of a couple of the very early movers, have really established enough of a network to probably demonstrate that they've really got the level of customer penetration rates that would make it really attractive for a acquirer. Uh, most of them are still at that fairly early stage. They're still staking their pegs in their relative relevant geographies. But I think once that becomes a little bit clearer and their success becomes clearer and they've actually been able to deliver a, a network and they're probably north of 100,000 premises past, then I think at that stage you've become quite interesting as a, a potential target. And we've even seen some of the, I suppose, the mid-scale ISP type um, entities looking to try to bring in coalitions of altnets. And I think that's almost the first step in, in trying to create national networks of altnets. Okay. I think when you were talking earlier, you spoke about creating a network with your three investments. Could you just elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. So uh, our view is that we've started to invest in, in very regionally different areas, but they are quite complementary in that they are typically uh, rural builds, um, but we've now built a, a business telecom that's quite urban centric and, and really fills in some of the gaps in terms of skills and, and experience. So actually, our view is that we, we can bring them together, we can use group procurement methods, we can use uh, all, all of the other benefits of trying to share learnings across the group, and, and then ultimately, over time, look to try to bring them together and, and, and try to rationalise some of the uh, cost bases because yeah that that is going to be the most efficient way there are it's quite difficult to get economies of scale in the construction side uh, there are obviously benefits in terms of buying power and that's an important element but really where you can get a huge amount of operational leverage comes from when you can leverage sales and marketing budgets and and teams to really drive that further forward so that that's where we think that the medium-term opportunity is and 
and yeah, we hope that we're there playing when we can start to get into that consolidation phase ourselves. All right, thank you. James, I wondered if you have any thoughts about uh, when consolidation is likely to happen in a big way and if you can say anything about potential uh, collaboration among your uh, several investments in the sector. We haven't seen any large businesses being consolidated yet. Will that happen next year? Possibly, but I tend to tend to agree with Peter that that, that will be will be in the next couple of years. Um, particularly as as businesses deliver significant amounts of um, network and actually get some some regional scale, I think at that point it starts to get interesting to to consolidate them. And and as has been said, um, where businesses win contracts under Project Gigabit, that, that that will also present some interesting challenges. In terms of our own portfolio, um, they do already have regular interactions um, to share learnings, um, given they're all doing a similar thing in in different regions. Um, but the key point that, that I probably agree with, with, with Peter on is that ultimately delivery is a very local thing. And, and, and one of the reasons that we've invested in these separate businesses is because it's a very hands-on operational task building fiber networks, mobilizing big groups of um, big teams of of, of, of um, construction um, people and getting them to um, roll out in an organized fashion in these particular in, in these particular regions um, and, and and that's something that's best best handled locally. Okay, thank you. James, you mentioned BT Openreach waking up to the need to invest in fibre, and I think Virgin Media are making plans there as well. So I wondered if you um, if you think that's going to change the landscape significantly and make it more difficult for altnets to challenge them. Yeah, I think I, I mean I think that's right. I mean, the reality is is it's going to take a long time um, to get every premise in the UK connected. Um, up with full fiber and the alt nets that have um, been funded um, and are, are building in particular regions will continue to do that. I think um, OpenReach's key focus um, seems to be on, seems to be on um, particular towns and cities and, and, and that's where Virgin Media O2's network is, um, is as well. And a lot of the building that's taking place is in those cities. Um, where it's uh, a lot lower cost and a lot a lot quicker to roll out. Um, I think coming back to some of the points made um, earlier by uh, by Beta, there will be um, it, 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 it's hard to see a lot more alt nets getting funded in the sense that that, that there's already um, that, that there's already enough platforms out there to to cover the country a number, a number of times over, but. We don't, we don't think that um, it's a particular threat to the existing business plans. Okay, thank you. Peter, do you have any thoughts on that? I do, yeah. Look, I, I think BT Openreach have, and, and Virgin have been out there for a long time trying to serve customers and, and they've done a, a somewhat good job. But equally, there's a lot of um, customers that have access to BT Openreach and they've chosen to go with Altnets because the Altnets can give a better overall value proposition. And that's, I think, something that ultimately we will continue to 
to, I think, over-deliver or over-index on compared to the big incumbents. And I think uh, our our general perception is that at some point we'll be overbuilt by BT OpenReach, uh, even in all of the alternate areas that they aren't currently covering. So I think as long as you keep that in mind, then I think there's still a, a very relevant place for the alternates. And, and then also picking up on another um, area that I think is interesting is that, for example, wireless is another tool that um, a lot of the alternates can use to help target areas that are very hard to reach or very, um, very expensive to target with full fiber. And I think it's this blend of mixed network also that is something that plays well into the alternate hand. Uh, and I do think that over the next few years, you'll see that gigabit wireless will become a, a feature of how some of these alternates go and really try to connect up the hard to reach rural areas. And for us, that's always been a very um, key attraction for us, being able to find a way to use these mixed networks because um, it really does allow you to essentially get yourself into the customer, get connected with them, and then re-overbuild yourself with fiber in, in due course. And, and on our on some of the businesses that we back, yeah, we're seeing some amazing developments in on the wireless front with really full gigabit services that are super reliable and, and we think represent best value to BDUK as well. So yeah, these are the sorts of things that I think Altnets will always probably stay ahead of a step or two ahead. Um, but look, we all have to assume that they're going to be coming for us. Um, we've just got to stay better in terms of what the customers care about, and that's ultimately great service and great, great connections. Okay, sorry, I just uh, want to ask one follow-up one. So, so you said uh, you assume that you will be overbuilt by OpenReach eventually. I just wondered when that might happen and how you will handle it when it does. I would have thought, as I think James mentioned earlier, and and, and you'll have seen from announcements and. BC OpenReach, they're certainly out going trying to procure capital to enable them to to do a much larger rollout than even what they'd originally planned. So I would have thought that it's probably by 2030 that they would have overbuilt. Uh, they've shown that it has take it it does take a long time to build networks. Uh, it's not as quickly it's not as quick as you might hope. It does require people, and that at the moment is I think the limiting factor. So I think. Um, yeah, it's uh, over the next five to 10 years, I'd imagine. But yeah, maybe they can find a way to do it faster if they can find a new technique. But I think most of the new trenching techniques and the like have been probably procured or they've been worked on and discovered. So I don't see any real technological leaps in terms of how quickly we can roll out fiber now. Uh, it's just a case of getting manpower out there and, and doing the hard yards. Very interesting times ahead, I think. I would just like to say thanks very much to both James and Peter. Thanks, Rory. Thanks, Rory. Bye. With me today was James Haraway from Infra Capital and Peter Bachman from Gresham House. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please share or like the discussion on social media and look out for the next Crossroads EMEA podcast. <laughs>